When Jesus was alive, he spent the last part of his ministry explaining that it was good for him to go because the Spirit was going to come. Now, they knew a little bit about the Spirit because, and as you read through the Old Testament, you'll find these places where it talks about the Spirit, and it basically says that the Spirit would fill people, like Samson experienced the filling of the Spirit. There were times in Scripture that we even find that Saul, when he was king, he experienced this movement of the Spirit in his life. But now all of a sudden, in Scripture, it talks about this Spirit coming. They didn't exactly know what that meant. Then Pentecost came. The disciples were together and God does this absolutely amazing thing. He gave every language the ability to hear each other for the first time since the Tower of Babel. It said that the Spirit fell on them at that moment. And then it says that Peter stood. Now, people had no idea what was going on, and so the Jewish people had no idea what was going on, so they were pretty sure that whoever this sect of people, these crazy people were, they were drunk. And so Peter stood. Peter stood in front of them, and he, he made this statement. The first thing he did is he spoke to that reality, and he says, hey, we're not drunk, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. And then he quoted this scripture about the Spirit and what the Spirit was going to do. I quoted it last week, but it, it has just been so on my mind in, in the little pockets of time over the last week that I, I had to go back to the passage and I had to see where this passage that I quoted last week, Acts, where it came from. And it was Acts chapter 2, verse 17. But it actually comes from the book of Joel. And it comes from a prophecy that was given to Joel about the, the time that was to come. And at the beginning of this, all of a sudden, Peter just changes the language a little bit and explains not that the last days are going to come, but we have entered into the last days of time. And here's what he said from that Joel passage. He said this, And in the last days it shall be God declares that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. So we find out that it says at this time that there was going to be this pouring out of the Spirit. It wasn't going to be exclusively for a prophet. It wasn't going to be exclusively for a judge. It was going to be for all people. In fact, in this passage, it's going to explain that. And in our minds, it doesn't sound like that big a deal. But in, in that period of time, this idea that God was going to be inclusive instead of being exclusive was huge. And so as we read on, we find out some of the ways that it was going to be different. The first thing that was going to happen is it says, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. So in these last days, all of a sudden, it's not that something was going to be exclusive to the male gender, which is what the priesthood had been, but it was going to be a period of time where God was going to speak both through men and women, and they would be able to prophesy. 
And you're saying, well, what is prophecy? Prophecy is the ability to declare either the truth of what's going on now or the reality of what could be. When you take a look at the Old Testament, that's what it is all about, isn't it? Either the prophets were saying, look, we are sinful and we are in trouble now, or this is what God has promised that he will do in the future. Prophecy is those two things. And so it basically says that there would be this ability when the Spirit would be poured out for those of us, inclusive men and women, to be able to speak the truth. Remember, what did Jesus Christ call himself? I am the way and I am the what? The truth. I am the prophecy. I can tell you the reality of what's really going on. I, I can explain the promises of what, I, what God wants to do. So kingdom dreams. God pouring out this information, this ability to see, to be a visionary, he gives us. And all of a sudden, instead of seeing what is, we can see what can be. We saw that. We were talking about that even this morning. David, as a young man... When he saw Goliath, he saw what really was happening. He saw the truth. Is this dumb Philistine is speaking against the living God. We have a problem. God has a PR problem today, and I'm going to solve it with the stone. Goes on and says this. Young men will see visions, and old men will dream dreams. I like this because one of the reasons that sometimes life seems like it's age-specific, we have this horrible thing that we say to young people. Well, you just wait till you're an adult, and then you'll know. And so there is a sense that we don't know yet because we're not an adult. And then you become an adult, and then they look at you and they go, well, you, you just wait till you have kids. And then you'll know. So then all of a sudden we're still excluded because we still don't know, you know? And then we have kids and it's like, well, you just wait till your kids are teenagers. <laughs> and it's like, well, then, then you have teenagers like, oh, you just don't know what it's going to be like when the kids are out of the house. You know, there's always this sense that there is this sense, but this isn't what the word of God says. It says that there is not an age-specific issue to this that the dreams and the visions will be for both the young and for the old. There isn't an exclusion to this. It goes on and it says this, <clears throat> Even on my male servants and my female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. It's classless. You know, it's not about, well, you know, if you had a college education, then you'd know. You know, you're, you know there is this sense that God is going to pour out His Spirit, and there's no limits, and it's, it's, ex, it's not inclu it's inclusive, it's not exclusive. What an incredible message to a nation who had not heard a prophet for hundreds of years until the coming of John the Baptist. 
is that in the last days, God was going to pour out His Spirit and there would be vision and dreams and prophecy in many. In fact, I'm going to go one step further and say that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ today, you should be a person of prophecy and of vision and of dreams. Dreaming isn't just for the pastor. It's not just for the ministry team. It's it's not just for people that have read certain books of the Bible. It's not for people that have a certain education. The dreaming comes by a spirit enabling all of us to see things differently. Have you ever noticed that? That you as a believer, so often when you are in a room listening to people talk, you see things differently than all of them. Why is that? Because the Spirit of God has been unleashed on each one of us so that we can see things differently. We, we can see what can be. I, I take a look at some of the people that I spend time with this week, and I would occasionally go, man, they, they have an incredible personality. I really enjoy them. I can't even begin to imagine what they'd be like if they met Jesus. The difference that would come. At one point I was helping doing some printing in the office and, and uh, I, I had to go pass through another office and one of a guy I know said, uh, so uh, you've been sent to the cursed printer. And I said, I, I guess so. And he goes, yeah, we all curse this printer. In fact, he named some of the people in my room and said, they curse it well. And I thought, how interesting, because they're not cursing now, because you've put your people in the room, and they're acting differently. But we need to understand something. When we talk about vision, when we talk about truth-telling, when we talk about dreaming, it's not just for some people. And there are all different kinds of reasons why we exclude ourselves from that. You ever notice that? Oh, the Spirit of God might have fallen on someone else, but he didn't fall on me. And yet that is not what he was saying. This message that Peter was saying would have been huge because there were even parts of the temple area that certain people weren't allowed in. There was the court of the women, and the women could go to that court, but they couldn't go to the next one. There was the court of the Gentiles, but they couldn't go beyond that court. There was a sense that women were seen as property, and now all of a sudden, by his exclamation, they were put on the same playing level as men. There was a sense that until you were a certain age, you were, not, you were just a child and you were to be seen but not heard. But all of a sudden, this puts all of us on the same playing field. This was a radical message for the culture that exists there. And you know what? I'm sorry to say that it's still a radical message today. 
Because sometimes we let the culture touch the church and the way the culture touches the church, we create exclusiveness where there's supposed to be inclusiveness. Because the Spirit of God was going to be poured out on all people. It goes on and explains something of things to come, but it says this, And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, and the vapor of smoke. And the sun shall turn to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great magnificent day. Even though we're in the last days, the day of the Lord has not yet arrived. But we understand this. Do you know why we understand these words as we read them? Because we've read other scripture. These are biblical ideas. Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 24, what he said, behold, I show you a mystery. You know? He talked about the reality that there would be wars and rumors of wars. Nations would rise up against nation. Talked about all different kinds of things in Matthew chapter 24. The other thing that we need to understand about the Spirit working is the Spirit works in conjunction with Scripture. Okay? I always get a little nervous when people say, I really feel like God's telling me to do this. Well, but His Word says, Thou shalt not. Well, I feel like He's giving me an exception to the rule today. Or, or the people that say things like we find in some of the cults where they say this, well... God didn't reveal all of Scripture yet, so we have to add our book. Or, I know that for all of time and eternity, Orthodox Christianity it says that this is what it means, but we just got smarter last week, and what it really means is this now. For thousands of years, they got it wrong, and now we know it's right. We need to understand that this spirit-filled, spirit-driven ability to be prophetic, a visionary, and a dreamer is always tied and is always put through the matrix of God's Word. God's dreams and visions do not take us off the grid, so to speak. Think about Jesus. Did Jesus ever go off the grid? No. Jesus spent his whole life being on the grid and fulfilling things that were already said. He didn't go off the grid. He didn't one day say, well, you know, God never really meant that. What he means is this instead. That is not anywhere in the Gospels. So we need to understand that dreams, that prophecies, that visions are always sifted through God's word. Verse 21 said this, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The reality is, is that all of the visions, all of the dreams, all of the prophecies are for one reason alone. They come out of God's heart that we talked about last week, that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. The dreams always have to be tied not to just making this a better place, but getting in them people ready for a better place. That's the reality. So let's draw some thoughts. They're important. Kingdom dreaming 
is now. It's not something we do in the future. It's something we're supposed to be doing now. Okay? They are bigger and more important than earthbound dreams. And you're saying, but I don't know how to dream. Well, everybody knows how to dream. If I asked every one of you what the American dream is, everybody knows what that dream is. Some of you have lined your lives up with that. You know, I'm just trying to live the American dream. What's the American dream? I want to own my own home. I want to have a car. I want to do my thing. I want to be happy. That's the American dream, right? But kingdom dreams are bigger than that and more important than that. I like how Francis Chan put it years ago. He says, we're so caught up in this part of the rope, which is the now part of the rope, and this is eternity. Remember, and he pulls out all that other rope. We need to make sure that our dreaming is an earthbound dreaming, but our dreaming thinks about eternity and the great lengths that it has. Kingdom dreams transcend this age their implications are eternal. That's the first thing that we see. The second thing we see is kingdom dreams are prophetic. There's a mixture of hope and terror in kingdom dreams, isn't there? Some of the things that go along with kingdom dreams are not easy to say, are they? How many of you have somewhat of a prophetic personality and feel like you have to explain the obvious to people spiritually? Yeah, yeah. We've all been there. I can remember my father-in-law was struggling in a relationship with someone, and, and he asked, I said, he asked me, what do you think I should do? And I said, I think you should talk to him. And he goes, oh, I'm so tired of telling people what I see. He had this personality of a prophet, and he had this ability to speak the truth because he saw truth. He saw the reality. Sometimes that's hard to do. The good news and the bad news are combined. Yeah, you're screwed up and you have issues, but Jesus died for you. <laughs> they are God's ideas and they are biblically sound. That's what kingdom dreams are. We've already talked about this. Kingdom dreams are inclusive. Age, gender, class are not excuses for not dreaming. They're, you don't have that. We don't get to have that excuse. We, we also can't use the excuse of time. Well, I'm too busy. You know, there's a song about that. It goes, I cannot come to the banquet. Don't bother me now. You know, we used to sing it when I was a kid. It was about that, that group of people that God was inviting to his great banquet, but they had reasons that they couldn't. You know, I have married me a wife. I have bought me a cow. I have fields and commitments that cost a pretty sum. Please hold me excuse. I cannot come. Some of us are saying, I cannot dream. I'm too busy now. When I get to another part of my life that's less busy, then I'll dream. You know, uh, I, I got too much going on. Don't. Kingdom dreams are now. And kingdom dreams are not just for, well, pastor, what's your dream for all of us? No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. 
We're just supposed to dream together. I'm not supposed to dream for you. That's me. That's like me trying to sleep for you. You know, you look really tired. I'm going to sleep extra tomorrow for you. Okay, doesn't work that way. You look a little hungry. I'm going to eat for you. Some of us have tried that one. <laughs> Kingdom dreams are inclusive. Kingdom dreams are cross-centered. The goal is always tied to the gospel. It's about God's love of people. I was talking to Sue, who asked me to be the volunteer coordinator. And she said, you did a great job. I said, well, thank you for the privilege of doing it. She said, you were a little scared to do this at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I was. But I didn't do it just to add another blip to my resume. I did it because this community has really neat people that are going to hell. And instead of expecting them to come to my room so that I can tell them about Jesus, I need to go to their room. And I need to build a relationship with them. So I can tell them about Jesus. We have to make sure that the end goal is always Jesus. Not reputations. Not cool experiences. But Jesus. Even as we take care of this building, and we think of ways of making it work good, this is just a trellis so that we can do the vine work better. It always has to be about people. It's cross-centered, and it's about God's love for people. I, I put this down because I think this important. Kingdom dreams are not always corporate dreams. Uh, Sandy, I, you didn't know I was going to use you as an example, but I'm going to. Sandy's sister was put in a nursing home and so Sandy had to go visit her. And when she was there, God opened her eyes. And all of a sudden, she saw all the lost people that were in that nursing home. And you don't know this about Sandy because we just think that Sandy teaches our kids downstairs. That's her ministry here. But every Sunday afternoon, Sandy goes over and shares the love of Jesus Christ with, at a nursing home in E-Town. But she has never sat down with me and said, because this is my ministry, this needs to be everybody's ministry. See, it's her personal ministry that God has given her. And we have to understand that. There are some things that God will call us to do together, but there are other things that God is just going to call you to do. Peter was called one day in a vision to go meet a guy that was in a chariot from Ethiopia. And he met him and he shared the gospel with him, but then he didn't go back to the other disciples and say, we all need to be reaching Ethiopians. That was Peter's ministry. You see, I believe that when you start dreaming and you ask God for these dreams, 
about how you can be a part of his kingdom and what he wants you to do. Some of the things that he's going to ask you to do are going to have nothing to do with the rest of us. Now, we need to love you and support you and, and, and walk with you and pray for you. But then there's going to be other pieces that as God's people come together, there are going to be several people that have the same heart. An example of that is Awana. Several of you for years prayed that God would raise up a children's ministry. And then he placed it in the heart of Nancy. And when Nancy says, I'm thinking God wants us to do something about this, all of a sudden 26 of the 75 of you that attend this church said yes. And every week we have a ministry to children now in this church. We need to understand that. But we need to understand most importantly, we need to understand this. Kingdom, kingdom dreamers are wet. You're going, well, what, what do you mean by that? What did the scripture say? I'm going to pour out my spirit on you. And so I, I had this picture of us having the spirit splashed on us. And that's where the dreams come from. It's this idea that all of a sudden the Spirit splashes onto us these ideas and, and we get to have them. It's an outpouring of the Spirit onto us. Have you been splashed lately? You know, I started thinking about that this was the picture that came to mind this morning as I was thinking about this and saying, God, how do I explain this? I, I thought of SeaWorld. When you go to the Shamu show, in SeaWorld, along the glass, there's these signs. Warning, the first six rows are the splash zone. Unless you want to get wet, please sit further up. I think that sometimes, without realizing it, we have allowed our Christian experiences to step out of the splash zone. We, we're afraid of the dreams. We're afraid of what God might do. We're afraid. And so all of a sudden God starts whispering these dreams into us and we're going, ooh, I don't want to get wet. And so we move up a couple rows. And the Spirit of God still speaks those things to us and we're going, oh good. There's other people sitting in this splash zone. They can have the experience for me. There's an example of that in Scripture. You remember Moses? Moses was called by God, right? And what God said to Moses, what? I want you to be my spokesman and go and talk to Pharaoh. And Moses said, I don't want to get wet. I can't do that. I, I think I'm a witch from the Wizard of Oz, and if water touches me, I will melt. <laughs> and so Moses said what to God? Oh, I can't speak. I, I can't do it. And God said to Moses, well, he didn't say this, but he should have. I knew that when I called you. You're not telling me anything I don't know. But when my spirit is outflowed to you, you can speak. 
oh God, I, I don't want to get wet. I'm, I'm afraid. I, I, I might melt. I, I know that I'm calling you to do something that you can't do, but the reason I'm calling you to do it is because we can do it. If you could do it alone, why would I ask you to do it? I want to do it with you. I want to invite you as a church into the splash zone. I want to invite you as a church to experience the outpouring of the Spirit in all of us. I believe there are bigger dreams in our future than there have been dreams in our past. Who we are today is because somebody got wet. God's Spirit was outpoured on this church, and this little church in Lake Placid has done amazing things in different ways, sometimes for seasons, other times forever. But it's time for all of us to move up to the splash zone. See, you don't even sit in the splash zone on Sunday morning. <laughs> it's time to move up to the splash zone. <laughs> Because God wants to outpour His Spirit in new ways into our church, doesn't He? And He wants to do things that only He can do. And there is no way that any of you are excluded from the work that God wants to do. You're not too young. You're not too old. You're not the wrong gender. You're not of the wrong class. You're not too smart or too unsmart. God has great things that He wants to continue to do here. And it's time to dream. And it's time to pray. And it's time to be more about His kingdom work. Sometimes our dreams and our visions are just too earthbound. But God didn't wire us to live here forever. God wired us for eternity. I'm not saying it's wrong to live the American dream out. I can tell you there's holes in it. I was living it out pretty well, and then he took away my picket fence. And I was still okay. But God wants to pour out His Spirit on us. And He wants us to dream and to have visions. He's even asking us to be a little prophetic and, and tell the truth sometimes, which is hard. But we need to join each other in the splash zone so we can experience all that he has for us.
and all of the Spirit wants to outpour to us. Will you dream with me? Let's pray. Father God, I can hardly wait to hear what you whisper in the hearts of your people. I can hardly wait to see not the legacy of impact, but the future of impact as we learn to listen to your spirit and obey what he has us to do. God, it's so easy to step out of the splash zone. But I pray that you would outpour your spirit on us. Oh God, how we love you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Why don't you stand with me if we can pray for you somehow as we close in song. We would love to do that. If you have questions about what it means to be a Christian, please see one of us. Um, thank you for being here today. Let's worship the Lord together.